This is Bigger Pockets Daily, where we read you the best real estate investing advice Monday through Sunday, rain or shine. I'm your host, Tyler. And if you like this article, you'll find thousands of others like it at biggerpockets.com blog. But you can't, or at least you shouldn't, be looking at a screen when you're mowing the lawn or driving for deals. So enjoy this show and check out the rest of our podcasts. Just search Bigger Pockets on your favorite podcast app. Okay, almost time for the show. We'll get right into it after this quick break. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my 9-to-5 job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single-family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. Rent growth has peaked and could start declining by Dave Meyer. The rent boom that's impacted nearly every U.S. market over the last two years is over. Since the middle of 2020, rents have soared in the United States, well before inflation was hitting the broader economy. And although rents are still up more than 10% year over year, <laughs> there are signs that rent growth has peaked and is rapidly coming back down to earth. So what will happen to rent as we plunge further into a deeply unpredictable economic situation? Let's look at the data to get a sense of what has happened over the last several years, what trends are starting to emerge, and what might happen in the future. Staggering rent growth. There are many different sources and ways to measure rent, but none are perfect. However, by every measurement I've seen, and I've seen a lot, the rent growth that occurred from mid-2020 through the recording of this podcast has been remarkable. Let's go ahead and use Zillow's data since it's well-known and uses a consistent methodology. Rent growth was growing consistently between 3 and 5% per year for most of the 2010s. Then the pandemic hit, 
In January 2020, the last month before the pandemic impacted the economy, the median rent in the U.S. was $1,641. As of September 2022, the median rent in the U.S. is now $2,084. That's 27% growth in just over two and a half years. Wild. In addition to rapidly rising rents, vacancy has also declined dramatically. And as of Q2 2022, that's fun to say. Vacancy was the lowest it's been since 1982. Q2 2022, lowest since 1982. Man, I'm on a roll today. It's worth noting that vacancy had been declining sharply since the Great Recession, probably due to the national housing shortage. But the pandemic only continued that trend. These two things combined, rising rents and lower vacancy, have been a boon to rental property owners over the last several years. Landlords could, generally speaking, on a national level, enjoy rent growth that outpaced inflation with little fear of vacancy. New trends are emerging. Things are starting to change, though. In the last several months, we have seen a big shift in the economy. The housing market is in a correction, inflation is persisting, and there are fears of rising unemployment. As such, things are starting to change in the rental market as well. You may have even seen some headlines recently that say, rents are falling, or something similar. I've seen a lot of articles talking about this and decided to look into this to see what's going on. Rents are still up year over year. The best way to measure rent growth is year over year data or rather, comparing September 22 to September 2021, due to the seasonal nature of rent data. Year over year strips out some of the rent variances that occur throughout the year, allowing us to focus on the long-term trends. On a national level, rents are still up year over year. All the data from Zillow shows us that rents have grown nearly 11% YOY as of September 2022 this would have been incredibly high in a normal year. Nothing is normal these days, though, but this actually represents a considerable cooling since rent growth appears to have peaked at 17% YOY back in February 2022. How far the pace of rent growth will fall? That remains to be seen. But keep in mind that the data shows the rate of growth. The declines we see from the data show that rents are growing at a slower pace. So what it really means is that rents are not going down at this point, at least on a national level. First markets to see YOY declines. But what about regional markets, you might ask? Are any of those starting to decline? Great question! And to answer this question, I analyzed BiggerPockets' rent data and found that of the largest 100 markets in the U.S., 96 are still seeing YOY rent growth. The average YOY rate of the top 100 markets is 10%, similar to the national average from Zillow. There were, however, four markets that were negative. Four of 100 is a very small amount. 4%, if you will. But it represents a shift from the ubiquitous growth we've seen for years and something I'll keep an eye on in the coming months. The declining markets are as follows. Spokane, Washington, minus 6%, Reno, Nevada, minus 3%, St. Paul, Minnesota, minus 2%, and its twin, Minneapolis, all, minus 1%. By the way, if you're curious about what cities are still seeing the highest rent growth, they are Lubbock, Texas, 
plus 31%, Jersey City, New Jersey at 29%, and Miami, Florida, plus 27%. Nuts. If you want to download my data set, which shows median rents, YOY, and MOM growth rates for the largest 100 markets in the U.S., you can download it for free at biggerpockets.com. Rents fall month over month. Normally, I don't pay much attention to month over month changes in rent or even housing prices because, as I said before, rent prices are seasonal. Year over year data is the best way to watch the trends. But during a shifting market, it can be helpful to look at this data. Of the data I've seen, the most notable comes from a recent report from RealPage that shows that effective rents for multifamily properties actually dropped 0.2%. This drop, though, is entirely normal. Remember, the seasonal nature of this data means rents usually drop after the summer. The exception to that seasonality was last year, in 2021, when seasonality be damned. Rent just kept on growing. So, as the data seems to say, the 0.2% drop in rents during September 2022 actually reflects a return to normalcy. Not necessarily an indication that rents are going to drop in some unusual way. They definitely could drop more in the future, but the data shows that we've returned to a more normal pattern for rent growth. Get used to normal again. It's going to be rough, I know. So when I look at the bigger pockets data, I see that 41 of the 100 markets I analyzed saw month over month declines in September 2022. Again, this is normal. Perhaps the most notable part of this is that 59 of the 100 markets are still refusing to behave normally and are still growing into the fall. Who does that? Multifamily shifts. Lastly, there are two trends in multifamily rents worth paying attention to. First, vacancy is starting to come back down to earth. We see some data from RealPage that shows that although vacancy is increasing slightly for multifamily units, it's still very low in a historical context. This is nothing to worry about yet, as vacancy is still low in historical terms, but it is something to keep an eye on, and we will. As inflation continues to negatively impact American renters' spending power, more people may choose to combine households or live with roommates or family instead of on your own and lessen overall demand. That could come when more multifamily units are coming to the market. Apartment construction has reached 40-year highs with more than 917,000 units underway. Completions are on track to peak in the second half of 2023, with the vast majority competing for higher income renters at rent levels well above the market norms. There are an estimated 110,000 new units set to deliver in Q4. A combination of increased supply with the potential for lower demand could lead to an increase in vacancy over the coming months. But just a quick note that this data is for large multifamily apartment buildings. However, other potentially contradictory data does suggest multifamily vacancy for existing properties might not increase as much. New data from Yardi Matrix shows that multifamily tenants are renewing their leases at a higher rate, suggesting that the unaffordability of buying a new house is going to keep some more renters in place for now. Because property managers tend to limit rent increases for existing tenants, it's usually cheaper for renters to stay in their existing unit than to move elsewhere. 
So given these two data points, it seems that vacancy will remain below the historic lows we've seen over the last couple of years. But the downside risk isn't so big for existing units. Let's wrap things up for today. So just like with the housing market, the rental market is in a correction. This is normal and to be expected. The level of growth we've experienced over the past two years is unsustainable and creates a difficult economic dynamic for tenants and landlords alike. Even though the headlines are sensationalized, they have to do that to get clicks and suggest rents are in freefall. That's not the case as of now. Instead, rents are falling month over month, which is normal during this type of year. Rents are still up year over year, but the first few markets are showing year over year declines, which could be a sign of things to come. I'm finding it difficult to forecast rent for next year, but my best guess is that rent will likely grow in the low single digits next year. And I wouldn't be surprised if rent prices turn modestly negative on a year-over-year basis throughout 2023. For a pretty unconfident forecast, let's call it plus or minus 4% by the end of 2023. Of course, every market is going to be very different. If you download the spreadsheet that I have linked in this article at biggerpockets.com, you'll see that some markets are already starting to fall, while others continue to grow at remarkable rates. Looking at you, Lubbock, Texas. Killing it! So if rent declines are worrying you, remember that even during housing market corrections, rents do not tend to fall as much as property prices do. According to the census, the peak trough decline in asking rents during the Great Recession was about 6%, Q109 to Q111. Peak to trough housing prices dropped 27% in the wake of the Great Recession. Rent prices are a lot stickier than property prices, and when housing is as unaffordable as it is today, it actually can increase demand for rental properties or at least offset declining demand from people combining households. Given the general economic uncertainty these days, I recommend underwriting for little to no rent increases for the next few years. We've pulled forward a lot of rent growth over the last two years, and it's destined to slow down. I wouldn't buy any deal at the moment that requires rent to increase within the next few years. I hope you enjoyed today's article. Remember, you can find thousands more like it at biggerpockets.com blog. And you can unlock new tools by creating a free account at biggerpockets.com. And for another fresh perspective on real estate investing, join me right here tomorrow.